From the truckload quoting page within TIE TMS, you can create a new shipment to instantly display your historical lane average alongside all of the market-leading rating intelligence tools. In just a few clicks, you can adjust the quote, add your margin, select your quote response template, and email an official quote right off to the customer from the same page. Request a demo today at tie-software.com to find out how TIE TMS can optimize your quoting process. Hey, sorry about those technical difficulties. I'm in the middle of a thunderstorm and my Wi-Fi uh, went out on me. Uh, but this is Put That Coffee Down. It is the freight show for closers. My name is Kevin Hill and I am your host uh, through all of this. So, um, yeah, so, so we're going to talk about talk to uh omar singh he's the president and founder of sirs transportation today we're going to talk about you know why shippers uh, limit you know they, they kind of like to, to limit the number of transportation providers that they work with there's some uh, probably some efficiencies in there but sometimes it just doesn't make sense so we'll talk about that with omar he just published an article uh, i believe yesterday on freightwaves.com about that. Um, but yeah, in the middle of some thunderstorms this morning and uh, having some technical difficulties myself. But with that, let's talk about Freight Jack and 2023, kind of what we can expect uh, going forward. And so if we throw up the chart here, uh, showing, showing, um, there we go, our survey. Uh, Joe Antishak just actually published uh, an article yesterday as well on FreightWaves.com showing a survey that, that we did. And what you see here is freight tech companies. It's a, it's a cool little diagram uh, once you get, get, get used to it. Um, but what we have here is kind of here on the left, the top left, the, the, the blue purple, autonomous and self-driving, uh, alternative fuel propulsions. And, and this is all different industries within freight tech and kind of uh, the 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 cinema in the market about how well they will uh, do in 2023 that comes to, to, to new sales growth, VC funding, and that they ranked uh, the least. Coming up here to about a three ranking, which is about neutral or average. You have carrier verification, vetting, onboarding systems. So they're ranking a three on terms of growth and that, the appetite for the market. Uh, for 2023, as we you know, we're kind of mired here in a, a freight recession. Um, funding for VCs across the board, whether it's freight tech, supply chain, fintech, um, or any other type of tech, has has taken a, a quite a beating over uh, the third quarter and probably in the to the fourth quarter here uh, in 2022. Probably be about the same for for 2023. So this is a scale of one to five. On the four scale, we have digital freight matching. And also uh, freight factoring payments that that technology kind of interacts with with fintech right there. And on on five is sustainability and visibility. We hear uh, a lot about both of those topics. They're still strong. Uh, interesting enough, if you go in and look at the article, you'll find that uh, visibility is also one of the most crowded spots. And no surprise, there's a lot of companies out there 
doing the visibility play because it is a very important um, item in freight tech and, and, and moving loads, knowing where those loads are, kind of conditions of those loads as well. It's a very important part of that. But there are a lot of players out there uh, participating, competing in that visibility. So if you go to FreightWaves.com, Joe Antichak, um, you can find that article and the full results of the survey. So it's very interesting. It kind of sets us up, teases up for, for 2023 and the, the freight environment we will find ourselves in on that. So with that said, let's get to our, our interview. Let's talk to Omar. I always love talking about talking to Omar. I'm sure he's sharply dressed as usual. So if we go in here and and do that, we bring Omar onto the show, we will uh, we'll have a great conversation about transportation providers, shippers, and, and the selection process on that. How are you doing today, Omar? Great. Good to see you, Kevin. Thanks for having me on. It's wintertime, so I went with the sweater today instead of the sports coat, but <clears throat> here we are. Yeah. Yeah, are you expecting uh, any of the storms that are, are moving through? There's a lot of snow here on the plains now. You have a, a lot of rain. We had uh, tornado warnings this morning, and um, and it's supposed to roll through the southeast and I, I guess up to the northeast where it turns to snow again. Yeah, I don't think that I've seen a lot of precipitation coming our way. It's a little bit colder. You know, I'm kind of D.C. Metro and our Chicago and Jacksonville offices are they're both about equally as far from home for me. But um I think it's going to be mild this weekend, unless maybe I should check again, you know. <laughs> so it's cold, though. True, the temperature true. Yeah, uh, it, it is. It, it's it's getting cold and getting colder. So, uh, Omar, when we talk about um, 2023, I, I just went through some freight check right there before we get into our, mm-hmm. our actual conversation. Uh, what are your thoughts about freight tech going into 2023? Kind of, Do you see some challenges for uh, certain verticals, I should say? Uh, in the space or or what's kind of your, your sentiment? You know, I think there's some people, some of the earlier freight tech companies, you know, call it, say, five, six years. A lot of the freight tech really started gaining steam. And I, and, and I think they took a lot of market share. So um, probably becoming a much more competitive place for, you know, new entrants who are doing similar things. Like you said, you know, visibility is becoming crowded payment processing, you know, financial technologies becoming crowded. And and I think a lot of the early players really have taken up a lot of market share. Um, and then when you can differentiate yourself enough, I mean, it actually kind of lends to the conversation today, right? Um, but it just becomes so much harder to, to gain market share when you have a relatively new technology, but someone kind of maybe beat you to the punch by three or four years and have a huge head start. Um, but having said that, you know, I always say, I like to see people win. I don't like to see people lose and kind of wish the best for everybody out there trying to make a name. And every, every tool is a little bit unique, but does many of the same things. And I think price points are also just very competitive. So it's going to be a challenging marketplace. Uh, but I think, you know, hopefully there's enough to go around for everybody to keep running successful businesses. So. Yeah, I think there is. I think there's definitely enough and enough appetite out there for for that to happen. I think it's just it's it's, it's going to be much more difficult in 2023 than it was in say the first half of 2022 and certainly 2021 uh, to, to to raise money and to to, to go in and uh, on the sell side certainly for for the customer acquisition to be able to um, 
to make those sales, right? Because uh, capacity is not quite as tight. There's no, there's not the um, overarching immediate need for maybe all the tools uh, that, that are out there right now. But um, but but they'll, they'll, they'll survive. Uh, you know, the, the the strong will survive and make it through 2023. Um, but with that said, let's talk about the article you, you wrote that's on FreightWaves.com uh, here. Uh, it was published yesterday. And and talk about shippers and I guess it would be the selection process for transportation providers. Uh, certainly, you know, the, the number limit that uh, a lot of tra- or shippers kind of, kind of put on themselves. I mean, I don't know if that's a... Uh, you know, self-induced kind of arbitrary limit, or maybe it's, it's part of the time and resources they have. But you have a very interesting take, so I'll, I'll let you take the floor. Yeah, I mean, first of all, you know, uh, we love our customers, so I could, I could, I could make those hangers, but um, so don't want to ever say anything bad. But I, I, in my experience and in my opinion, I do think a lot of at least large enterprise level shippers who have very diverse and complex supply chain needs arbitrarily tend to limit the number because it's just a number, right? Say all brokers are the same and I only work with two or I only work with three or I already work with the biggest. So why would I work with you? But unlike motor carriers, you know, motor carriers are sort of expected to have geographic operating areas where they are certain types of trailers, maybe they're a flatbed carrier, maybe they're refrigerated, maybe they're dry, you know, maybe they're specialized or they're expedited and and they sell on what they're really good at. And they are then allowed into a large shippers network for that. Whereas I think the interpretation is that brokerages should be able to do everything. And to a certain extent, they're the same. And I just think that we are not maybe equally as geographically limited as motor carriers, but we do have different strengths and weaknesses. And even I'll admit in my own company, you know, we have strengths and weaknesses. We're better at some things than others. And so I, I think the conversations should be more about, you know, where is the place in my supply chain where you can provide value that maybe somebody who's in there now isn't as competitive at, maybe isn't as fairly priced or isn't as efficient at. And, and therefore, does it really matter if I already have five brokers in the network or six or eight, if you're able to do something well that, you know, maybe they're not, or maybe I just want somebody else who's able to do it well. Um, so. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I think um, when, when you look at it and when shippers look at it, you, you mentioned there that, you know, the asset based carriers have trucks, right. That they have real tangible assets that, that, you know, you, you can verify in, in a lot of cases, right? And so you have, or they have a specific network, a specific geography, trailer type. It's, it's very easy to, to see where freight brokers, you know, and, and it's freight brokers by freight brokers, but it's also freight broker by freight broker. They have their, their specialties and niches as well. And they have developed relationships with, uh, a core set of key carriers that probably have uh, a very lot in common, right? So maybe it's lane-based, geography-based, uh, maybe it's trailer-type-based, um, maybe it's commodity-based, right? Um, but, but as a freight broker, you're building that up to where you know you don't have that tangible asset uh, under your control or anything, but you have that that relationship. And I think a lot of shippers don't maybe, maybe they don't that they don't realize that, or um, you know that they have the 
the, the, the frame of mind that, you know, this freight broker, freight broker should be a generalist and, and be able to do a little bit of everything. And, um, maybe that's, that's the sales pitch to come in is, is really go in with a very targeted list of lanes, et cetera, that to go after then trying to, to capture a little bit of everything. Well, yeah, I agree because it's about sort of distinguishing and differentiating yourself because that's always, you know, one of the questions is why you rather than the other guy. And, and you're right, there has to be a reason. Otherwise, it, it, it becomes a really hard sell. I mean, I think last I checked, there were 27,000 or 24,000 licensed operating freight brokerages in, in the U.S. And I mean, all 27,000 can't be doing something different, but I think to really stand out and gain an opportunity for somebody, I, I think you do have to be able to articulate that, you know, you're really strong at something that would be meaningful to them while also admitting, but I'm not good at these things. So let's make sure we it's don't hard to do, isn't it? to fail. Yeah. It, it's, so, it's hard to do for, for any salesperson. And, and I've been in Freiburgers where, uh, and and other sales organizations where you know it was looked down upon if you admitted that you couldn't do any if you if there's anything that you couldn't do well right because right. you know the philosophy is there's always a sell well in freight brokers though you can get yourself in a lot of trouble you can in, in any part of sales but you start selling things that that you can't deliver upon and uh, it, it shows up very quickly on the load board and the performance and trying to cover a truck you can't cover and trying to make delivery times you can't make um and what you really do is wasting your own time because you, you should really you know the, the the reason why you're developing this is that that you can become more efficient at it and if you're not doing that you're being inefficient and killing a lot of time doing things that will never uh have a return on investment you know you're never going to see that your commission's on it but you keep doing it because you think um you, 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 i guess this philosophy is you can't say no i can't do this which you know, uh, and and in real life, it's a very powerful thing to tell people. No, no, I can't really do that, but I can do this. Right. Yeah, you want to think you'll make it work, right? That's just kind of yeah. That giving optimism. it all of your effort, but if you're not good at something, you're you're not, and maybe it's you're not experienced. And I guess that's probably what people do. They think, well, I'll I'll learn. I'll teach myself. I'll, I'll give it a shot. And uh, I I think most shippers who are consistently moving freight, you know, that type of business don't want somebody who's sort of just trying to figure it out as they go along, you know, to be one of their providers. So, yeah. Do you, do you think another reason why shippers limit that is just because you mentioned the 27,000 number um, and that's registered brokers. And I, we, we can talk all day about how many are actually active and, and actually right. moving loads. Right. But, but there's still a lot. Let's just, you, you can always say there's there's a ton of freight brokerages right. and freight brokers out there. So <laughs> I, I think um, a lot of industries and freight brokers being one is is how do shippers winnow that down? How how do they determine who's good at what? Right. But besides taking someone's word for it, and it becomes maybe too overwhelming. So they they just kind of tamp, tamper it down. Do you think there's a little bit of that 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 goes into it? It's just uh, it becomes so complex and some so unwieldy that you know it, it's it's it, there's just no way to store it for shippers to to really evaluate. Yeah, you know, I mean, I guess in all fairness 
So I, part of my job function that surges to assist with business development. And so naturally I would want an opportunity if I'm asking for one, but, but you're right, sort of to what end and what does the number become? Is it four brokers? Is it eight? Is it 12? Probably it's not 37, right? Um, mm-hmm. But so, so I get that. And, and I think I've heard two general rules of relationship management in large organizations. I've, I've heard some people with the philosophy, you can only effectively manage 50 relationships. Um, and some say up to 100. Uh, but you're talking about, you know, weekly scorecard calls, monthly scorecard calls. Mm-hmm weekly mini bids, um, you know, quarterly bids and service levels and points of contact and just kind of the the management of your providers um, is probably very much at play. So whatever an organization, depending on how many managers they have, which maybe if they got four main transportation managers that are under procurement and each of them manage 25. Yeah, I, I certainly that's a reality where you know, it's just not possible to have 300 providers and actually get a quality relationship, you know, with all of them. And but that goes the kind of back number? to it. I, I know, and right? And and I, I want, go ahead, sir. Oh, well, no, I mean, I, I don't think there is a magic number. I, I think it goes to, you know, how those are selected, whatever that magic number is or whatever that number is for the shipper, how they go about evaluating and, and selecting the freight brokers just right so so maybe you have your five four um or five five alert and then uh, you need help with with maybe certain modes or certain lanes or um and then you pick one that that specializes in in that and another one that specializes in in something else or maybe it's three core and um and then overflow right like you know whatever that niche is instead of you know, thinking of it as having 30 generalists running around looking for loads, right? Because I, I don't think anyone wants that. Right. Yeah. So 30 then becomes a really large number if there's nothing to distinguish, you know, yes. the value that they're creating in a relationship, in a partnership, you know? Yeah. And, and you, you know, you, you kind of want, you want those guys out there that, you know, this is my heavy haul guy, or this is my uh cabbage guy right i mean whatever it may be right and and that's what you move for them and that's a really good business model uh to to have um but yeah if you're trying to just get random lanes then it it, it, the selection process just it it becomes a little bit unwieldy doesn't it yeah it's it's a lot of it's a lot of options and it's a lot of uh just i guess you're right things that everybody needs to take into consideration and um, go about selecting the best people given your network, right? Because again, yeah, even in the large enterprise level organizations, they'll tend to break up their business units based on, you know, something, whether it's, and, and brokerages and motor carriers do, but whether it's, you know, trailer type, so you've got dry business unit, refrigerated business unit you might have outbound business and then inbound business but sort of all of those managers are 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 figuring out who it is that's best to work with even given just their responsibilities within that company's supply chain which aren't which aren't all of them you know the inbound managers have a very 
very narrow focus on you know making sure production keeps running. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's going to be a different set of providers that they're partnering with than the outbound refrigerated guy or or lady, you know. So um, just different needs. Yeah, you're exactly right. Um, so so what's kind of your, your another one of your progno- or the, the recap or, or prognosis of of the article and, and kind of your advice um, for shippers how, how to think about you know selecting freight brokerages and and you know. Uh, uh, thinking about that number, uh, the, the number of transportation providers. Well, yeah, I think, I mean, and again, like, like I said, so take some, some organizations have multiple managers within the organization. And so is it at the company level? Is it manager level? But yeah, I, I guess if there's one point that I would be primarily driving home in the article or the thought is that I would like to see those decisions being made based on the value strategically that a partnership can bring rather than an arbitrary number to say, I got five brokers, I don't need another one. But to say, you know, well, explain to me where, you know, it's going to create additional value to be partners. And if, if you can do that, then, you know, let's see if there's a path forward. Um, And and so, yeah, no, and and that's exactly if you're a salesperson out there thinking of, about this. If you're a freight broker out there, that that's that's a common inje- objection. Number one, right? And and you you hit the nail on the head right there. That when you're calling in, I mean, you, you better be thinking about how you create additional value instead of can I move your loads? Right, and you know, but it's I mean, it's 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 a it's a worthy effort to call, and I think that's probably part of the reason. Also, you know, a lot of Shippers get so many solicitations and they probably start out the same way. And it's just, uh, it's challenging sometimes, I think, just to, to, to get enough time to make the case for whatever your value proposition is, mm-hmm. you know, you know, uh, just to get them to listen to it. But I remember I saw an old um, picture of like a guy with a sword going out to a sword fight and there was someone trying to sell him a machine gun. And he, I don't have time for a salesperson. I have to go yeah. to this fight. Yeah, but um, so kind of one of those. Yeah, I, I understand. Uh, so quickly before we go, Omar, um, kind of uh, one one or two sentences. Kind of what's your prognosis for twenty twenty three? What are you know? What's your key observation? Well, I think there's a lot of doom and gloom talk for twenty twenty three, and I, I think all of us are just going to have to sort of realize it's it's going to be a tight market, tighten our belts control our costs, right? And just do our best to try to continue providing value to shippers, hopefully continue to provide value for motor carrier partners, you know, and, and keep them busy and profitable. It's very challenging right now. Rates are extremely competitive. Um, but I think that, you know, we're going to have to really all focus on our efficiencies and, and improving probably the partnerships that we have already um, whereas it's going to be, I think, somewhat difficult to go out and forge a lot of new partnerships in this market. Yeah. Um, so, you know, kind of, it, hold it on probably tight. will. Yeah. Yeah. It, it probably will. Uh, thank you again, Omar, for, for joining us and put that coffee down. We're going to uh, wrap it up right here. Um, but yeah, have a great 2023 and a great Christmas. All right. Great catching up with you, Kevin. I got friends only want to talk business. 
I got expensive, cause when is expensive. I got expensive, cause when is expensive. I've been getting out of work. And I've been shutting out the stars. 